1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Hans and Scotty, difficult day for a lot of us, but we celebrate the uh, the life and the career of Jerry Sloan. Incredible head coach, incredible personality, and one of the best people. Uh, I mean, he's, it's as, he's as good as it gets, man. And uh, kind enough to join us right now, uh, the great Craig Bowler Jack joining us. Bowler, how are you? Hey, Bowler. Scotty Hands, um, like most Jazz Nation, sad, um, but in a way relieved, too, that uh, the great Jerry Sloan is uh, is at peace. Maybe tough for me to talk, but um, I'm just uh, I'm just happy that he's um, out of pain. It was difficult when I visited him uh, last summer uh, to see Jerry the way that he was, and um, I know he's been struggling even more. And the latter days um, have been really difficult, but um, you know, just a good friend and a good human being all the way around, guys. Um, I really enjoyed hearing Big Dog and Big T and Mark talk about him as a coach and as a as a human and as a guy who just wanted his players to play uh, with heart. I mean, I know that's we always said, you know, play with heart and, you know, bring your lunch pail, put the uniform on, be proud. I mean, all those things are so true and it's so simple. But uh, in a world we live in today, sometimes we, we've lost track of that. And I just think Jerry, again, was what we call old school, but one that I think the players who played for him just have so much respect. And we've, we've heard so much of that this morning. And, you know, I praise them for coming on and, uh, and talking about uh, their experiences with Coach. Buller, I'm so glad that you joined us. I, I know that this has probably been as hard on you as, as anybody else out there. Uh, I know that you were very close with him and, I'm sure that this is a really difficult day. It's it's so difficult when these legends pass. But I I'd love to hear from you just some of your favorite things about Jerry, um, your interactions, your conversations, your sit downs, and your your friendship that that you carried with Jerry. You know, hands are so many. Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I could I could talk for hours about about Coach Sloan, um, and it started with me as just a, a reporter. You know, when, when Frank was the coach and Jerry came in as an assistant, uh, and then Jerry, after Frank decided he had had enough and knew that it was time to hand the mantle over to Coach Sloan, and I was in that room that day when that all happened, and that's when I really started my bond with Coach. You know, he was a real guy, uh, hands, and you know what I mean. You, you, you played with another guy who was real in Lavelle Edwards, and both had a lot of similarities that they had relationships with their players. And as Mark said, uh, you know, you, you want to help me dig a, a fence? And he'd say, sure. I mean, Jerry just was a simple guy. He, he didn't make any bones about it. You know, I sometimes got angry when he'd say, I'm just a simple dirt farmer from McLeansboro, Illinois. I said, no, coach, look where you come from. I want people to understand that, that, you know, he dug his way to the top with hard work and he was uh, the youngest of 10 and you know that he lost his dad at a very early age and nothing really came easy but basketball was his outlet and he worked so hard to become you know the original bull we just watched a 10-hour series of the last dance of michael jordan but people forget that jerry's number hung there first 
uh, and the jury just per, you know personified what hard work is and how maybe you get more with less. I think that's what he thought about his players too, as I watched him from the media standpoint. Was it? You know, again, it wasn't about flash. It wasn't about the shoes. It wasn't about uniforms. It wasn't about the sleeve. That did, that isn't what made the player. It was about, again, the hard work. And I keep going back to this one statement was, you know, do you have heart? And he always pound his chest and say, hey, do you got heart? And did you bring your lunch pail? I know we've all heard those lines, but they resonate so true today because that really is who Jerry was. He just wanted players to come out and play their hardest for for the fan and for the fact they were being paid handsomely by ownership and he wanted them to play as a team and to play defense and have respect for the game. And I know those sound like simple things, but in reality, that's the Jerry Sloan that I knew. Craig Bullerjack, kind enough to join us right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Uh, you you traveled with the team. You were around him. Um what were those conversations like after a game, maybe getting a beverage down in the uh, in the hotel lobby? What were what, what was that like? See, that's going to make me laugh. I need to laugh because Bud Light was his favorite beverage besides water. Um, <laughs> but you know, uh, he was a generous man. If you sat down with him to have a beverage or even a, a snack, he refused to have you pay. Uh, and I had to do a lot of things. All of us, Travis Henderson, who's having a tough time today, was a, a dear friend of Jerry, our producer. Um, he kind of took Trav under his wing. Joe Kruger comes to mind, another guy that was on our broadcast crew who Jerry just embraced. Uh, you know, he, he'd be the guy that would say, Hill, your money's no good here. You know, that type of thing. And you say, Coach, come on. And sometimes we get together and prepay uh, the, 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 the waiter or the bartender just so that we have the, a good feeling that Jerry didn't get us that night, you know? And he'd, he'd scream and yell at us as we walked down. We just had a chuckle and a laugh because it was something we always wanted to do. Uh, the other beautiful thing about Jerry is if you ask anybody in the NBA, no other coach ever walked into a press room and what he'd do is, if he saw me on the hall, he'd say, I love this line, you guys. Bowler, it's time to go get some groceries. And groceries <laughs> meant time to go eat. And yeah. he ate with the in the press room. Uh, and how many coaches do that? No. I mean, it's just off limits today. No one walks in and hangs with the press in the press room. And whatever the food was that night, he was happy to have it. Phil joined him always sat at our table and, and he'd give us some insight of what was going on. But, you know, he was, you know, starting his focus on the game. And that's what I loved about Jerry too. You know, I went with him to the hall of fame induction uh, with uh, Carl Malone. That's the same time that, uh, pardon me, with uh, John Stockton, Carl went the year later, but John and coach and Michael Jordan were inducted that year. And that was a highlight. I got to travel with him to his home in McLeansboro, and I got to witness the massive garage barn uh, that carried and held his beloved collection of John Deere tractors. And, you know, he'd start them up and just look at you and say, what do you think about that? And, you know, those are – and I would say, Coach, that's awesome. You know, these are the old-timers. 
and he loved to start them up. He loved to have the motors running. He would love to tell you about them, and he knew everything about every one of those tractors. And, you know, it was one of the most joyous two days. You know, he rode, a, he rode around and took us around, and we were late to dinner, and he got scolded by Tammy because the mayor of McLeansboro was waiting dinner on us, and I think we were over an hour late. And uh, he said, boy, I'm in trouble now, Boulder. And so we walk in, and they forgave us, and we had a feast. And uh, Jerry was a man that could put down some some food. I watched him inhale uh, uh, at least a dozen ears of corn and and uh, just had a way to make feel make people feel comfortable around you. You know, and outside that box, guys, I think with the media, you know, the, the thing about Jerry, maybe he didn't like the cameras, and he didn't really – um, you know, think it was important that he wasn't important, but in reality, I hope he will always know that he was because he was the face of the jazz, uh, as he stood out there and took question after question after question, and he'd stay there until the very end and he'd make sure everybody had what they needed. That doesn't happen in today's world. Most interviews are timed. You get six minutes and you're out, but Jerry would stay. And that was just Coach Sloan. Nobody controlled him. He controlled himself. And, um, you know, again, a rare breed and a rare individual. And I still say we were so fortunate to have him. And the Millers, especially Larry, trusted him. Was it always easy? No. Uh, But, again, look what the Millers have done again with Quinn's tenure of six years. You know, a lot of coaches come and go in a blink of an eye. Look at the Phoenix Suns franchise. Uh, ask Earl Watson, ask Igor Kokoskov, ask Jeff, uh, excuse me, uh, um, Jeff Hornacek. Yep. And, you know, those guys have come and gone, but Jerry was a war horse. And I tell you what, after the fact that when Coach Pops is done in San Antonio, we'll never see two coaches with that tenure, I, I don't think, ever again in any sport. And uh, I think, again, that's a, a great uh, tribute to Jerry and the way he was able to coexist with so many different personalities. And maybe it got away from him at the end because of the new player and the new way they approach things. And I guess I bring Darren Williams into this conversation. Um, I, all he wanted was respect. And I'm glad that, that D. Will and Coach were able to talk a few years back uh, with the help of Greg and Steve Starks, Greg Miller. And I'm, I'm glad to see that relationship maybe patched the best it possibly could be. And I'm sure Darren feels much better today about it as well. Yeah, Darren uh, posted on social media about how grateful he was to be able to finally uh, make some apologies and and, uh, and and make things right with Coach uh, just a couple of years ago, as you mentioned. Uh, he said that would have been one of the biggest regrets in his life had he not been able to do that. So uh, I'm sure that was good for both sides to be able to have some conclusion to that uh, infamous night, which, by the way, was you know 10 years ago, believe it or not. And so a long, long time ago. But, you know, the, the, the thing that – We've talked to already Antoine Carr and Thurl Bailey and Mark Eaton was on with DJ and PK. And I really think what was kind of an underlying element to all of this is that Jerry Sloan was never going to be an analytics guy. He was never going to be a points per possession or anything along those lines. He was, we're going to do what we do. We're going to do it very well. And even though I'm going to throw that C sign for that high pick and roll (laughs) and, and everybody can see me do it and the opposing team can see me do it, and you know what's coming, we're going to execute it so well, you're not going to stop it. And when you've got guys like John and Carl who can do it better than anybody else, nobody did stop it. 
outside of uh, outside of a couple games against the Chicago Bulls. And I mean, it just shows you how this game can be simplistic. It can be beautiful, and nobody knew that better than Jerry Sloan. Scotty, that is so well said. Um, you know, again, I go back to the statement where he would just, you know, in his rough, gruff voice, and he always, you know. Hell was his best words, man. And he always got his point across by saying, you know, that. But he goes, have you got heart, son? And that's really, to your point, Scotty, is what it was all about. He would judge you by your heart. And, again, analytics had nothing to do with it. He would know and could tell if you came to work and played. That's why he demanded that his teams all wore the same shoes, all wore the same socks. And they all had the same uniform, and they simply put your jersey in your shorts, right? Real simple things, but it was about pride, and it was about respect to the game. And that's what I learned the moment I, I met him uh, and watched him. I, I went to CBS and came back, and the biggest joy I had when, when I came and started doing the jazz, you know, he came over and put his arm around me and said, Bowler, just do your thing. Just be who you are. Don't worry about Hot Rod. You know, as much as I, you guys know my relationship with Hots, I mean, he was a dear friend and a guy that I, I looked up to, and he mentored me, and he gave me the green thumb to take it and run. But, you know, that was an interesting time because, again, the Jazz were built. The foundation of this franchise goes with, obviously, Sam Battistone, but the real brick and mortar starts with, Larry and Gale, and then is it built with Frank, and then it goes to 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 you know with with Jerry, and of course all along they have Hot Rod, and I'm just thinking today the big three, they're gone but together again, Larry, Hots, and Jerry, and that's that's um that's what gets me, yeah. Craig Bullerjack right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network celebrating the life of Jerry Sloan and, and what he meant to this community and who he was as a man. And, and uh, this jazz organization uh, took great strides with him as, uh, as head coach. And, you know, I, he, would, he would make mention of, of being fired in Chicago. And, and this was in the early 2000s. He's been to NBA Finals. He's coached Hall of Famers. But he always talked about how, like, yeah, you know what? If we don't, if we don't win a couple more games, I might be out of here, you know. And it was always like, stop it! You, nobody's firing you, Jerry. Like you are, you are a legend. You're a first ballot Hall of Famer. There's no way that anybody in their right mind would ever let you go. But that was a, this was a guy who lived through hard times on a, you know, on a dirt poor on a farm. You know, had to. We all learned about how he had to walk and hitchhike to games. And and he knows that anything can be taken away at any given moment, and you you could get a sense that's who he was as a person. That I'm gonna fight, I'm gonna scratch and claw. I don't care what's on my resume. I know it can be taken away from me at any given moment, even if that really wasn't even the case. Yeah, and uh, I apologize, man. I, I try never to get emotional about this type of stuff, but when I talk about those three individuals, they have impacted my life more than people know. But to, to your point, uh, Scotty, um, you're spot on again. Uh, you know Jerry and Hans. Uh, I mean, this guy, again, and I, I always was in wonderment about what you just said, 
that he still felt like he had to prove something. And I always told him the same thing at, at tables and dinners. And while he, you know, enjoyed a Bud Light or two, you know, you lose four. And, he, and again, his favorite word was, hell, I'm going to go home and they're going to fire me. And I thought, Coach, <laughs> you're crazy, you know. I mean, come on. Get real, you know. Uh, and I think, again, it goes back to all of us have something in our life that impacts us. And being fired by the franchise that he helped make was devastating to him. And he never wanted to be in that position again. And I think he always told me, too, he'd soon quit, retire, than to be fired if his time had come. And I think he really had that sense at the very end when he stepped away after that, how strange was it, the Chicago Bulls in town when D. Will, you know, did not run a play that he called and he realized that he didn't connect with the newer generation. And that was obviously a game changer for the Utah Jazz. But, you know, the fun times that we had uh, are, are numerous. And the way that he handled himself uh, with with the crowds and the way that he stomped his feet and, you know, I – you know, we all know that some people, I remember the, the funny things, and that's, I guess that the, I, we can laugh at it now, but there were times that fans wanted to have, you guys know this, move their seats because Jerry, his, <laughs> his, his, his language was a little above and beyond. Uh, no one probably was able to use four-letter words and dress down an official better than one, one coach, Jerry Sloan. We know that. But also there was a humorous side to him. Guys, i got to tell you a quick story. We're in Atlanta. Travis and Joe and myself uh, were having dinner with them, and we had gone out to one of our favorite hangouts, just out, not too far outside the hotel. But we got into a cab. This is way before Uber, and I'm not even sure Coach would even have called up an Uber. You know, he would have gone cabbing the whole time. But Coach, as big as he is, got in the front seat, and Trav and I and Joe, the three of us, were spread in the back. And this cabbie didn't have much to say, but I could tell. I could tell he knew who was in the car, right? So we're driving down this kind of desolate. I don't know why he took this road, but there's no stop signs or, or, or traffic lights. And he's going at a pretty good clip. And not much is being said. And we're all kind of feeling, I think, what Coach said. And, and he just happened to say, hey, you know there's a stop sign up there. And, the, and not missing a beat, the cab driver says, hey, you coach, I drive. <laughs> and and there was just dead silence in the car thinking, oh, my God, this could blow up. We may, you know, we may lose an arm in this battle. But, but no, coach laughed. Coach laughed and said, you're, you're right. You're damn right. Go ahead and drive. But there is a stop sign up there. And, you know, I just got the biggest kick out of that that night. But it showed you the humor and just the real guy Jerry was. You know, he could blend in with anybody. He could be in a coat and tie. He could go back to McLeansboro and just be the guy on the street with his John Deere hat on. And that's the beauty of Coach Jerry Sloan. Oh, fans will remember him for that, guys, um, and the dedication he had to the franchise and also the respect he had for, for many of the players. And I think you guys make a great point. Many times I've traveled, and D. Will, I don't think would mind me saying this, and Carlos Boozer and guys who have come, and gone, many wish, why did I leave in the first place? You know? And many, I think, think that it's always greener on the other side or endorsements and big city lights. But in reality, I think they realize down the road that, you know what, it wasn't too bad. 
it wasn't too bad here and it wasn't too bad with Coach Sloan, only because he asked you to follow some simple rules to play for him. And um, that's, uh, that's one thing about his legacy was he was real, and I hope people will rem- remember him for that. And, of course, uh, John and Carl. You know, and another thing that comes to mind real quick, guys, is that as great as Stockton was, and, Scotty, you made mention of the C play, which was the high pick and roll, the, the respect that John had for Jerry not to run the offense with what did he always do? What did John Stockton always do? He didn't have to do it. He always glanced back at the bench. He knew what play was to go, was going down. He knew how to run that team. He knew where the players were going to be. But out of pure respect for Jerry Sloan, as a point guard, he always glanced back to make sure he and Coach were on the same page. And you're right. Nobody could stop the pick and roll. And Hot Rod made it synonymous. Stockton to Malone. Stockton to Malone. Stockton to Malone. Uh, what a beautiful thing. And uh, two Hall of Famers. Uh, all-time leading assist and steals leader, and Carmelo number two all-time in, in scoring. I mean, what a beautiful time in jazz history, and hopefully we'll find it again soon. Well, you bring up such an amazing point with him, how he could make you laugh. In fact, I, I was just recalling the last conversation that I had with him, the last one that I can recall, and it was at a jazz game, bumped into him, and he came, and, and the first thing he said to me is he said, oh, hell, I don't know you and Scotty have said a thing that made sense yet. And and, and I kinda I kinda laughed and, and you know, I said, Oh coach, I said, Now we try and he goes, Well, it's just my way of telling you I do listen. You know, yeah. so it, yeah. it just just laughing and, and having a good time. He was he was so quick witted. He was holding a pair of pants once down in the by the locker room after a shoot around and He's walking up, and I said, hey, what you got the pants for? And he said, oh, they got the inseam wrong. And I said, oh, i got to take it in a few inches, huh? He goes, nah, hell, going to let it out three feet. You know, he just <laughs> he just had he had a quick wit, and he was so much fun to to throw back and forth, like guys just sitting around being guys and right, having fun right. with each other. I don't know if there was a, a, a better manly man to kick around a conversation with. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, I know that sometimes we overplay toughness, greatness, but in this particular sense, I'm not going to underplay it. I mean, he really personified it, uh, hands really. I mean, I think his stature helped. He was a big man, big hands. He could grip that basketball and make it look like an orange. Uh, you know, he, he's always, and of course, Frank made the beautiful statement years ago is that if you go into a bar fight with Jerry Sloan, you, you know, you may win, but you're going to come out with no arm, no leg, missing an eye, and a few other things I can't say on the air. But that, that just showed you that the Jerry Sloan fight, um, he, you would know that you had taken on a Jerry Sloan. And I think, you know, as a friend, uh, he had friendships bonded the same way. As I watched him go through the halls of the arenas and the coaches and the, and the players that he knew, uh, during his time, uh, it was almost like the seas parted that Sloan was on his way. And uh, it's rare you see that in the world today. That's the kind of respect. But he earned it, too, on the field, on the floor and off. And I don't want people to think we're just sitting here overdoing it, and maybe some believe we are. But if you knew the man and the dedication and the love he had for life and the game of basketball, this is his day, uh, and I hope people understand that. Hey, just for a moment, though, Bowler, and I don't know how much you remember him as a player, 
But we, I, I think we got to take a moment and also talk about Jerry Sloan, the player. I mean, this was a two-time All-Star. This is a guy who in 1970-71 averaged 18-8. and eight. Uh, and this is a six foot five guy that weighed 195 pounds, who's averaging eight rebounds a game in the NBA. That's a tough, tough son of a gun right there. I mean, yeah, it is. Uh, uh, as a player, this guy. I mean, we, we kind of just think about him as a coach, but he was a before the injuries really took over late in his career. We forget about how good of an NBA player he was. Yeah, the knees, the ankles. Uh, the one thing Jerry always, I think, admired, even about Rodman to a to a degree. I know that sounds crazy because, uh, you know, he blew kisses uh, to him, uh, is that the guy was a rebounder. Jerry, you know, found it. It was a personal, and he told me this before, you know, every rebound you should take personal. Uh, that should be your ball. And that's the way he, again, played. I know this is just a game of basketball, but this is one man who, who whose whole life was built around this game and the passion he had for it. I mean, it's, you know, some people don't understand it, some people can, and when you're around him, you get it because that was kind of the way Adam McLean's borough, but also his way back in uh, that he could help people. And you know what? That's the other part of this thing too: is guys very generous uh, in uh, with the money that he earned. I, I don't think he ever thought that he would be uh, enriched uh, the way he was uh, with the salary from where he came from. And, again, I saw him do many things quietly uh, and helping individuals uh, and, and projects that Jerry was involved in, and uh, he could have been kinder to people. Uh, i got another quick story, if I may. Sure. This involves Hot Rod, okay, because these stories go on and on because one equals another. But we were at dinner one night with Hot Rod, and we know that the Great Hots was America's guest. Um, you know, uh, we just, that's just the way it was. And Jerry accepted it. Uh, and Jerry would take care of most of hot rods, you know, dinner bill or whatever. And ours as well. And again, I felt bad and we always tried to slip in twenties and, and $50 bills to help out. But for some reason, Jerry always beat us to the punch most of the time. But like I said, we were able to win on a few occasions, but a real quick story and the humor of Sloan. This is another great story is that we were at dinner one night, and Hot Rod said, hey, look, you guys, we better go, but I've got to go to the bathroom first. And this is Jerry's cue. Guys, let's go. We're out the door. And we did it quickly. He goes, I'm leaving Hot Rod with a tab. <laughs> and, and I thought, this is a beautiful idea, beautiful idea. And so we jump, and we hit the door as fast as we could. Phil's there. Uh, I think Trav and Joe again and a few other Steve Loom, I think, may have been there, the former jazz beat writer for the Salt Lake Tribune. And we start making our way down the street thinking, we've done it. We've done it. Hot Rod is going to finally pay a, a, a dinner bill. <laughs> Lo and behold, the door pops open. We're probably 25 yards down the street. Hi. Hey, Jerry, come back. You forgot to pay the damn bill. <laughs> <laughs> we all... We all just cry laughing, and we just keep on walking like we don't hear him. Hey, okay, you got me this time, but that's the last time. And, oh, it was a beautiful moment, you guys. It, it was just a beautiful moment.
Beautiful moment. Jerry what just a... said, act like you don't hear him. We're deaf. Don't even talk. Don't turn around. And we just kept on walking. It was a great, fun night uh, for sure. I, I can't imagine how proud he was in that moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you Hot know, Rod, I, Hot Rod the, picked up a dinner bill, folks. That's the only it. time I've ever heard of Hot Rod having to pay. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a rarity. I think it was the only time that I saw him have to pay. But uh, Jerry got more uh, kick out of that than anything I've ever seen him. But uh, that's the humor of Jerry. You know, he came off as gruff and tough. In reality, you know, the way he was on the floor, uh, he was totally dialed and tuned in uh, during games and interviews. And you saw him a little bit. I wish we would have seen him more in in the last dance, but did you see the humor also hands when he said, when they handed him the box score, yep. when the jazz had scored, what 54. <laughs> yep. And I think he said, is this, is this the final? Is this the final four? <laughs> and, I, and again, it was a way to, I think defer deflect the, 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 the game away from his players and Sloan took the heat. But is this it? Is this the fi- is this it? Is this the final box score? <laughs> uh, but you know, Jerry was that way. He just had a way of um, you know playing the media a little bit, but also being straight up with. I think every guy that came to him to ask him a, a question, uh, I thought he gave up us for all the years I covered him. Uh, he he would stay there and give you the straight up answer. He'd stare you down and he would ask you, "What do you mean? Or where are you going with this?" But if you if you came back with the reasoning of why you're asking the question, that he would answer yep. it. Uh, and I think that's again um, another great uh, characteristic of Coach Sloan. Uh, he he wanted your respect, but he also respect he wanted you to respect him, but he also wanted he he respected what you needed to do as as a, a member of the media uh, to do your thing, and that was to talk about the game and get sound bites and give it to the fans. And I think he he he, he understood that all the way, understood it for sure. You know, another incredible aspect about him, Bowler, and I know we could go on forever on this, but another incredible aspect, it was right near the back end of his, his coaching career with the Utah Jazz, and I used to sit around after those shoot-arounds just to give him crap and fling him some stuff, and we'd have some fun back and forth. And I said to him, where do you got to go? Because he was kind of hurrying out. So where do you got to go? What do you got to do? And he looked at me and goes, <laughs> are you kidding me? I got a 16-year-old. I got to get to school, and I got about 10 things that I got to do for my wife. And it was yeah. like, this man is real. He is leaving jazz practice. You know, at the time, uh, I, I can't remember if uh, Tammy and his son was 16, 17, but had to pick up the son and had some honey-do lists and, and looked at me like, are you kidding me? I've, yeah. I've got things that could fill my entire day. And it just made me think, man, he's just – He's such a man. He's just a he's a guy that that loves his family, loves his wife, loves his kids, loves loves what he loves his obligations. You know, I enhance saying that I think it's we got to just say our thanks to Tammy, by the way, uh, because I've talked to her a couple of times and uh, we've had conversations since I saw him last um, in late July with Travis Henderson. And I'm so glad that she allowed us that time and. We laughed, and he remembered a lot more than I expected when I saw him, uh, that he talked. And whenever you brought up Carl and John, the lights were on and the, the chuckles and the gruff voice would return. Uh, but, Tammy, you know, when Bobby passed of cancer, obviously devastating for him. But Tammy, uh, he found Tammy, and they married, and she brought a son to the relationship. 
And in a way, I thought it was, you know, for Jerry was a chance. I can't speak for him, obviously, but I thought it was a way of maybe having a second chance to being a dad because he was on the road and, and played and was away for so much of his uh, career during the time with Bobby and his kids. But Tammy really protected him in those final years and understood that how the disease was progressing. And uh, I thought, you know, the last time I saw him at the arena, I was sad that maybe that's the last time because you could just tell uh, that things were beginning to deteriorate. And uh, Tammy, I think, had a sixth sense about her husband and knew what was good for him and what wasn't. And I think you have to applaud the way she handled herself in these final couple of years and, and just protecting Jerry and his legacy and just his privacy. And, uh, you know, for that, I, you know, I thank her for that. So true. Bowler, you're the best. We appreciate you. Uh, I know this is a rough day for you and, and so many of those that were around Jerry that knew of him and, uh, and also every jazz fan out there. But thank you so much for helping celebrate the life of one of the greatest men we'll ever know. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, you guys, thank you. I apologize. The, I didn't expect to get uh, a little uh, choked there for a minute. But, you know, days like this, uh, emotions come and go. And I just hope people uh, keep the Sloans in their uh, thoughts and also just celebrate a great life and a great, a great, um, I, I guess it's, it's just a great time in jazz history. And it's, it's hard to replicate, right? But hopefully uh, there are more great times to come and we'll always remember what Jerry and uh, and Frank uh, and of course the late great you know Larry Miller and Hots what you know the foundation they built for all of us and where we're going from here. But uh, God bless, thanks guys, appreciate you. There's a great conversation going on somewhere with Larry uh, Hots and uh, and uh, and Jerry right now, is there not? Oh my, that'd be something. You know, I'm <laughs> sure there's some smiles and some laughs, and uh, maybe Hot Rod even brought along a Bud Light. I don't know, but. Uh, <laughs> We'll, we'll never know, maybe. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure those three are glad to see each other again. Hope Jerry gets him with the bill on that one, too. Yeah. I do, too. I do, too. Thank you. <laughs> hey, guys, thanks uh, for the opportunity. Thanks, Appreciate you. You got it. Craig Bowler-Jack right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. <laughs>